will come out, will come to play Just recreation, sick to pass the time away Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today Not Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play So join in the chorus, sing it one and all Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree Greetings, Shimboners. Welcome to the Stern Look. Joining me tonight, all the way from country New South Wales, we have K4E PhD. Oh, PhD. That's yeah, Dr. K4E here. Thank you for that nice intro. And it, I'm surprised they even let people like me have PhDs, but there you go. <laughs> great, great to have you on again. Um, also joining us. Um, is the one, the only, the hipster from Brunswick, Donkey Chop. G'day, fellas. How you going? Good. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, good. Okay. We'll go straight into our traditional warm-up, word association. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Just to, I don't think Donkey Chop's done it yet. Uh, yeah, I've never done word association, so I was... Yeah, you go first. Okay. PhD, Dr. K4. Yes. Todd Goldstein. Trade. Taylor Garner. Gun. Ralph Carr. Genius. Paul Connors. Who? That's James, uh, James Kelly. Fucking ah. Josh Kelly. Well, it depends what happens, but... Oh, Dan Connors, actually. That's it. Dan Connors. There you I, was go. Think, I was thinking, is that a Richmond player or something that I haven't heard of before? <laughs> mm. Mm, yeah, well, it depends if he comes or not. If he does come, he's a, he's a champion. If he doesn't, I don't want to hear from him ever again. Okay. I think he was Aaron Black's manager for a while, too, then, mate. So there you go. Mm. Mark Fine. Likeable. Likeable. Okay. So you kind of got the gist of this now, Donkey? I think I do. I think I do. Cool. Ryan Clark. Battler. Ben Brown. Superstar. Cameron Zerhar. Oh, it's more than one word, but fend off to the face. (laughs) Okay. This is a loophole I want to close in future episodes. Um, Rowan Connolly. Legend. Nick Dal Santo. Soft. Okay. Thanks, guys. Uh, as usual, um, it is informative and entertaining. Okay, we'll move right up to the thumbs up and thumbs down. Uh, Donkey, do you want to kick us off, mate? Thumbs up and thumbs down. Uh, thumbs up. It's probably going to be... I suppose um, debuting a lot of kids like Zerha, you know, he's looking good. Ben Brown taking the season, really taking that first forward role by the scruff of the neck. I thought he might take a, a year to adapt to that, but he's actually he's done really well. He's done a lot better than I thought he would. And uh, thumbs down was, I don't know, just still got that those uncompetitive games where, like against Collingwood, where they just I went to the game, I was just jogging around like they just didn't really weren't up for it. So, yeah, 
it's been happening for about eight years, I reckon. Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, K4? Okay, well, my first thumbs up. Probably Taylor Garner's last couple of weeks, he's actually shown a bit of consistency, hovering around that 18 to 20 disposal mark, a goal a game, that's a couple of tackles, a few pressure acts, a bit of a presence in the forward line. That's all we can ask for him. Yeah, big Benny Brown, the guy's the guy's a star. Pay him whatever he wants. Give him whoever he wants. I don't care that. And thumbs down. Injury list, obviously, it's just horrible looking at it. It's just nasty to look at. And we'll touch on this probably later, but I think there's some people that should be blamed for that, but we won't go there quite yet. And, yeah, my second thumbs down, I echo Donkey Chop. It just was so uncompetitive that with its work rate or lack of leg speed, I'm not sure what what's the issue. We've got a lot of young kids with leg speed, so I'm not sure what it is. So that's mine. Fair enough. Yeah, for me, um, the thumbs up was the performances of players like Garner and Zerha um, over the weekend. Um, they bring a little bit of X factor to the club, which I think we've been lacking for some time. Um, thumbs down for me was um, the little fade out at the start of the third quarter where they kicked four goals, I think it was, before we even really got going. Um, at the time, I just thought, well, we're being dominated, but when we actually pulled our way back into the game, I thought it was it highlighted how bad that five-minute or ten-minute patch was. Um, and to, to come out not switched on directly after halftime was a bit disappointing. Okay, so that was short and sweet. Um, we're going to go through to the main issue. And as um, K4 mentioned earlier, the um, injury list is something that I think we want to have a look – well, we, we should look at further. Um, at this stage, I'm just bringing it up. Um, feel free to cut this down to fit it in, please, K4. No worries. <laughs> so, so really what we're trying to get at and what I think you're trying to get at is – is some of these injuries have been rushing these players back too much? Has it we've actually done the right injury management by these guys? Have we prioritised certain players? Like example, we've played Zebel injured, but not played other players because of that. But because of injuries, it's has injury management been up the standard? Is that what you're trying to get at? Yes, uh, I was going to go through the list. So on on the injury list as released today. We've got Paul O'Hearn with the knee, which we knew coming in when we got him. That's okay. Magic Door out for the season. Mitch Hibbert, out for the season. Ben Jacobs, out for the season. Oscar Junker, as a test. Jamie McMillan for the season. Ed Vickers-Willis for the season. Corey Wagner, to be confirmed, which to me probably reads as for the season now. Jared Wade as a calf, as a test. Declan Watson for the season, Marley Williams for the season, Mason Wood to be confirmed, which again I think probably means the season, Sam Wright with the season, and Jack Zebel to be confirmed, which again I, I would err on the side of resting him for the rest of the season. Yep. Now, of that list, I think we can basically pick 
Ahern as one that was always going to be be that. Jamie McMillan was a freak accident. Marley Williams, well, they say a back and a shoulder. If he, he supposedly had come to the club with a bit of a back issue, so there's a bit of a there's, there's a bit of a fifty fifty whether that one was was really um, uh, avoidable or not. Declan Watson, which obviously it, um, doing a knee freak accident, not much you can do there. Now. With the other ones, there's various degrees of culpability from the medical staff. In particular, I think Majak Dor, Ben Jacobs, Sam Wright and Jared Waite are all players that have been brought back and had multiple layoffs and multiple comebacks and still haven't sorted the issue. Um, now, there could be many reasons for this. One of them could be the players themselves just aren't healing. Or, or they're not getting treated appropriately. I want to put it out to you guys. How do you see the injury list, and how do you see these these examples? I think a few of them are. Sorry, mate. No, you're right, mate. I think uh, I think a few of them are, uh, like you said, inherited. Like Ben Jacobs come over lower leg, which I think is code for ankle because he's always had a bit of a stuffed ankle. Since we got him from Port Adelaide, um, uh, Paul Hearn, like you said, he had a knee. Magic Doors always had injury issues, and yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I hate. I don't think we're tanking, but a lot of these guys, I think, would be playing if we were pushing for a top four position. So I reckon they know the season's done, so they're putting them in for early surgery. Basically. So you think they've kind of changed the approach mid-season? Yeah, I do. I know that. I know in the past they have played. They look at it and you say, "Well, Jack's evil." Yeah, he he, he plays with a bit of injury, which is yeah, off-topic. But I think why he'd be better off forward as well for his own good. But um, over players that aren't injured, because they probably think like a seventy percent. Zeeble's better than what else is going to come in. But, yeah, I honestly think that, like, I think Zeeble would be playing. I think, uh, yeah, a lot of these guys would be. Would be what, how bad was Jamie McMillan's finger? Like, would, when, when have you ever seen a player out for the season with a finger? I mean, Daniel Well, he had a bit of wire sticking out of it. Um, Daniel should cut his finger off. <laughs> So he's suggesting so, we should cut his finger off, eh? <laughs> so, so he could play. I'm sure if we were, if we were pushing up for top four and there was a premiership on the line, they're the sort of de- 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 uh, sorry decisions they would make. Yeah, Honestly, I know say, that sounds stupid. but And Magic Door foot. Like, I don't know what the go with that is. But obviously, it's not really that big of an issue. He needed to cement him, himself in the side, and he didn't do enough, so we're not really missing him there. Yeah, but I could like, argue that he, he's offered more than Goldie has since Goldie's come back. Yeah, well, they're about the same, aren't they? Which is... Yeah. Yeah, um, but, got. like, with, with Magic, if it is injury, is his frame too big? Is he too heavy? Has he got too much but muscle? But he's always been like he's, that, though. 
He's too top heavy. There's no doubt about it. You can just yeah, look well, at he'll need to like. I mean, is that a conditioning problem? Then do we need to build him down a little bit? I think it's just genes in it. Like I think they have to keep him out of the weight room. I, I don't think. And if he build his legs up, I'd I'd think he'd lose a, a fair bit of speed. I think he's strong. He just he just like he doesn't plant his feet right in marking and ruck contests. Yeah, I don't think any of that. So you guys obviously think that the our strength and conditioning staff and the you know injury management's not up to scratch. Well, uh, in I, case of Dor, uh, look, it's been how many years he's been like that. No one's that yeah. incompetent in terms of a medical staff. I think they've conditioned him for that, and as as you said, it could be a bit of just a bit of coaching that he just hasn't caught on with certain things like. Feet positioning, 100%. body positioning. We we know he sucks with that. He's always sucked with that. But there's well, a Jared, degree of Jared truth White. to Yeah, and there's also a degree of truth that it is his genes, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's good for his body in terms yeah. of his legs and his feet because that they had to carry that weight. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean we're just, you know, we're just posturizing here at the moment. We're you know, we're just um exploring what the answer is, but at this stage, that list of players is a major reason why we are where we are at the moment. And particularly with Wood, Wright, Jacobs, um, Zeeble to a lesser extent, Wait, well, that is what Jared Wade is. Just the fact that these players have come back a number of occasions and then pretty much the next week had an extended layoff come back and then another extended layoff. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if the injury identification process is as is as good as it should be. I'm, I, I think it's it's not so much an accusation that it's not up to scratch. It's just asking the question. Yeah, totally. Is it, like- is it up, up to scratch? I mean... And also, is that, are we sort of, if it's just a case of, well, that is the player's body and it's always going to do that no matter what medical staff is is on hand, well, then is that, is that, um, is that something, are we being too optimistic with recovery processes? I think like, what they're trying to do is actually give fans an optimistic type of time frame. I think that's certainly part of it. But I know talking to Nate, I know Nate Seven has a few thoughts on this and and obviously he has his own links to the club, etc. And he believes there's actually been some inquiries into a few of these in players, but also each player is different. Like look at Daniel Wells, like he yeah. he can't put up with soreness. Some players can be like that and some of these injuries yeah. are individualized. Like they play mm-hmm. Injuries can change. Time frames can change. Some are sore. Some don't recover well. It, it's, yeah. it's so hard to get the right time frame, hundred percent all the time. Yeah, because and but I suppose there's well, there's two issues that sort of flow on from what I brought up before, particularly with Ben Jacobs and Sam Wright having such a long time out of the game. When they come back, they might not. They might not be be yeah, up to up to speed because the game may have passed them and they haven't built gradually to as along with the game. I was going to say, Ben Jacobs is out of contract at the end of the year and uh, 
as harsh as it is, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get an extension. Mm. Or if but, he does, it would be on like the, the minimum yeah. rookie him. But uh, yeah, the I mean, looking at it at the injury list, the major ones that were are a concern, like as in for ongoing issues, are like you said, Ben Jacobs, Sam Wright, Majak Dor, and Mason Wood. Mason yeah. Wood gets injured a lot. I mean, Joe yeah. Wake, we inherited that. We always knew what we're getting. The other ones, Oscar Junker, you don't know. Marley Williams, yeah, don't know. But um, the other one is Anderson as well. He he, he can't get a yeah. good run at it. I know everyone's pretty much rid him off, but he's he's injured and then they bring him back and gets injured again. He's another one that's kind of yeah. – he's not listed as injured at the moment. And but. Corey Wagner's kind of going that way as well. Yeah. Um, and that's why yeah, I was a little bit were, nervous when we brought Simkin back so early. And yeah. Turner as well. Well, like um, I mean, you can probably take that um, halftime thing on Channel 7 um, with a grain of salt, but from what Brad Scott was saying, there was 23 available players. So yeah, heard that. I would, think, I would think in a perfect world, your players like Turner or anyone who's had an extended break at this stage would be put in cotton wool. But yeah. I suppose some of these guys were, were injured, you know, weeks ago too. So yeah. and particularly with someone like Mason Wood, it's vital that he gets experience because I think he, I mean, he's got the attributes to be a solid contributor for us, but if he can't, consistently play and develop and build on and build on experiences game after game, I don't think his um, his development is going to be as optimal as it could. Um, I think, you know, he's sort of be going, instead of having a nice straight line going up, you, you're sort of going up a bit, down because he's injured, and then he has to catch up again, then he's injured. Yeah. I don't think you'll ever get like you'll never be able to build on that unless he gets games on a consistent basis. So that's a big concern for me, particularly with you know, we committed to a five year contract for the guy on reasonable money. Um, I wonder do you does anyone know what he was like as a junior? I know we got him later in the draft, but did he have injury problems as a youngster as well? Or is this something that's just come to like as he's gotten a bit older? I'm not sure. Coming to the uh, AFL system. I just wonder if he's one of those kind of guys. Because, um, yeah, I remember at the time he was drafted, not many people knew a lot about him. So, yeah, I mean, it's quite yeah. possible, I mean. But then you're probably getting into a, another question is, you know, we've had a lot of players that we've recruited either be, you know, have injury clouds on them prior to being drafted or have spent the, the a large part of their formative period on the injury table. Um, even just going through this list, I mean, uh, you've got, obviously, Paul Ahern we know about, Ben Jacobs, as you alluded to earlier, Mitch Hibbard. Did he not have a knee problem before he came into the club? I mean, I understand that yeah, he injured had a few up. injury needles, yeah. Ed Vickers-Willis has only recently came to playing consistently, but now he's out again. Um, to Marley, be fair, I think 
Ben Brown did two knees, didn't he, before we drafted him, or at least yeah. one. And, I mean, I suppose that's where, you know, a plot with the club having the picks that we've had, we've had to go for a lot of speculative types who have possibly no. dropped down the order because of that. But Absolutely. But there needs to be a balance on that recruiting scale. You need to be able to, like, if you've got yeah. – if you've got a list full of players that have had injury clouds before they've hit the top level, well, uh, when the intensity is far higher than they've ever experienced before and the body's not as developed as it needs to be, um, it's pretty obvious that what's going to happen is there's going to be injuries. Yeah. And that is, I think, why we're at where we're at at the moment. Yeah, but you can. But the thing is, we have kind of done that balance. I know this year's been a bit of an outlier, but guys like, for example, Larky, Mountford, Gibson, Taylor, Fordham, Josh Williams, like even McMillan, Kane Turner. These guys didn't have a lot of injuries as youngsters, so we we have tried to balance that as much as we could. Yeah, but I think this I mean, you know, it's a contact sport, and we're not oh. on our we're not on our Pat Maloney or there's. You look at other clubs' injury lists, they're pretty long. Like, you look at the Suns list, okay, it's gotten better now, but last year was incredible. At one stage, they barely had a best 22 to pick from. And GWS, I know they're getting a lot of players back now, but, you know, if they weren't so stacked with talent, they would have been in big trouble. So I think it's just a, it's a brutal sport. You're going to get injuries. Yeah. We know our season's done, and yeah. we're not going to – play injured players, I would hope not now. No, I would understand right. if we're pushing for finals, but yeah. And that's kind of where like I mean what I was saying with Zebel, I just think there's no there's no real benefit to playing him. I would I mean I'm not talking about, you know, going for the tank or anything because I don't believe in that. I don't, I think you play to win every game and that's what the culture Yeah, you play to well, win, but well, you, you you can put a side out that's but, yeah, but at the same time, um, you're not going to risk players who are borderline. Exactly, yeah. And risk them not being right pre-season. So, I wouldn't be against Zeeble coming back if he's okay and just have a look at him as a forward for the next two games. Yeah. Depending on how bad that foot is. Like, who knows? From what I've, been, from what I've heard... He's that battered and bruised. It's not funny, but um, he can still kick goal. Like he's still clever enough. Yeah. So yeah, just it'd be a perfect opportunity to have a look at it. It's it's actually a pity that he is, or even Cunnington. Like try him forward. He can kick goal. He can take a mark. Well, I mean, they even, said, they even said earlier in the week that Goldstein, Bruce, Zebel, and Brown and I think there might have been one other that went in for scans on Monday. Dana. So, I saw that, yeah. So, Atlee. So, Atlee, yeah, that's the other one. So, so, that, so that's more again. But I don't know whether that's just general wear and tear and soreness or whether that's... I say they're covering their bases considering how long our injury list is. They're going, well... Yeah. Maybe, maybe if Atlee saw we can bring in Josh Williams or something like that just for a couple of games. Mm. Something like that. Or if... Brown's really, really bad. Bring in Lockie. Something like that. Yeah. Well, now that Lockie is cleared of any suspension, yeah, yeah give him a uh, couple of weeks because 
from like I said, from what uh, Brad Scott was saying, if there's 23 available players to pick from, oh, yeah. But I think he's still part that... injured as well. That's why he's probably been yeah. less favoured as well as a youth policy. Same with Thomas. Yeah. I think Thomas is carrying something. I think Cunnington's still carrying something. You because he just looks more sluggish last couple of weeks. And, and it, like I said, it can be. And don't underestimate the um, the factor of, you know, everyone knows the season's over. 100%. That's exactly what I was going to say. Everyone right. knows it's... Yeah. It, I mean, people will say that we play to win and we put 100% in, but, you know, you can't... It's, you just... It's not going to happen where the person can put out the same amount of effort if the final is on the line. It, you can't manufacture that kind of um, incentive to a person. It's either got to be there or not. And yeah. I'm sure they're actually trying to do everything they can to win, but to find that extra motivation, I think, um, um, yeah, I, I just think at this stage of the season, they're not going to get that. I'll tell you what, though. Sorry. but yeah. oh, Sorry, I'd do this, but I'd jump around. But if, there's one, if there's one team want to be... It is fuck. It is Saint Kilda this week. Yeah, I would love. I would love to knock them back. Oh, oh. they've been insufferable. Their supporters. Yeah, yeah. And just to see Sukwalt go out. Last game in Melbourne, I think it is <clears throat> Saint Kilda. Yeah. I'm sure I check that. But to see him lose would be sweet. Yeah, yeah well, considering that they, um, you know, that we're. We're behind them in terms of our rebuilding process, and if we can knock them off, they're supposed to be. In the eight. Are, are we though? Well, I mean, well, I think I we're mean, about a everyone... season behind them. Well, are we started we? it know. later. Well, I mean, in terms of time, we've started yeah. later. Than but they personally, they never, had, they never had an eye on the future when they were going when they were at the top. They traded away talent they didn't give any thought to youth they had they got nothing coming through the best player is probably being rewalled up until recently yeah. joe montagna goes out they got nothing they got a good midfield but that's about it like their back lines like very old their forward line yeah. doesn't inspire much confidence what josh bruce he was dropped to the vfl so yeah <laughs> LBC. yeah and look, they do seem they do seem a bit well similar to us at the moment. They do seem a little, They're mid-range little bit soil. vanilla. Yeah, they should be playing finals this year. Yeah. They're dead serious. If the list was any decent, they will be playing finals. And they, and they, they turned up against before. Melbourne and got spanked. Yep. Yeah, because as Melbourne... figure them out, they're, they're stuff. They only have one game style, and that's it. Chip it, bring it back in yeah. the center, and then run it. Yeah, so, so but I, I suppose my point is, if we knock them off, I think that changes the narrative about where the clubs are at. Oh, um, spots. I mean, yeah. because, you know, everyone, well, the general consensus is that, you know, the Saints are one of the brightest up-and-coming teams. On the St Kilda Entertainment Network, it is anyway. <laughs> yes, well, that's right. Um <laughs> But uh, but really, I like I see them almost doing what we did. They might, in a even comp, they might make a couple of prelims. 
but I actually see them suffering from the exact same issues that we did when we were going for it. There was, yeah. there's, there's a lot of good players there that do a lot of good things, but there's not that game-breaker that can just take the game and win it off their own boot in the matter of five minutes. And now I think no. that was always in the back of my head watching North, even when we were playing prelims. I thought, yeah, there's just not that player that can just take the game. And not like, only that, like that, that you're, you're talking midfield, I, I imagine. But oh, I oh, like it. They, they lose. They lose Rewald. They don't have a forward. So at least, at least we, like, I can see it with our plan. We drafted. We got a lot of tools. We got a lot of tools. So. They kind of went the scattergun approach, and we only need one more of them to be any good, and we're set. You know, yeah. you got Ben Ben Brown's right, but that we only need one of Larky or you know one of the other guys just to be pretty decent. Mason Wood, um, yeah, Ben McKay, yeah, any one of those guys that just has to be like you know okay. And we're stacked for the forward line because our smalls are really good and our mediums are really good. Our back and line back is super back set. So all they talk about St Kilda just needing to add a little bit of class for the midfield, but I reckon they need class through the. They got Carlisle, but then drops off a bit after that in their back line. And their forward line is they're relying on McCartan, who's got unfortunately oh, could, for him is yeah, he could turn out to be. The next Wayne Carey, we don't know, but he's like, you know, you, you wouldn't How old is he? Oh, he's not. You know, 20, he's only young. He's only like 20, 21. He's not old. Well, Wayne Carey at 21 was ripping the season apart, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah but, but, I mean, it's a different kind of game now, though. Yeah, sure. Like, um, you know, a big player, particularly a player that's missed a lot of footy, Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to take a bit of time, but, you know, he could develop into a very, very good forward. Um, but, you know, you wouldn't be counting on it just purely because of his concussion injury. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's such a it's such an unpredictable injury. Um, it's not just that, though. He hasn't even shown anything when he's played. He has shown glimpses. Um, but Lockie Hanson's shown glimpses too. Yeah. yeah. True, true. But I think part of that also is from what I was saying again about Mason Wood was he hasn't had that opportunity to build on build on any momentum. He's had a couple of games showing a bit, you know, sat out through injury. So Come who's shown more, Mason Wood or Paddy McCartan? I'd Probably say Mason Wood, Wood because it's only because he's had a couple of games. Exactly, only and whereabouts is he in our pecking line in our forward? Well, forward if, 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 fit, if fit, I think he would be fine. Like he'd be, oh, he'd be playing, yeah. I mean, okay, so say in the current list, you would say Waite would go into the forward line with Brown as your two mains and probably Wood as your, your third tall, which I think we do need to sort of play Wood as the third tall because he is that mo- more mobile than you. He struggles as a second forward. He's no good but, at that. But he's, he's, he's a bit stronger than your stereotypical third but more mobile than your stereotypical third. And because we've got Garner playing like how he does, he's not your he's not your exactly. crumbing forward, he's a marking forward. So I think that works quite well because Wood has got that mobility. 
Um, then you throw into you know you, you throw Kane Turner or Jai Turner Simkin. And, Turner and Simkin as your two smalls. Or Simkin's going to be exactly. And then so so they say. So this is the – I'm just going at the media here because that's what they're saying. So if they add Josh Kelly, bang, all of a sudden they're going to be this top four side. But I would argue that if we had that class through the midfield, we would jump ahead of them in a flash. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because I was talking to a few posters about this neutral posters, like, for example, Go You Pups, who's been critical of North in the past. He's been on his podcast a few times, and he's saying, look, at, looking outside in kind of thing – North's got a very good forward line. North's got a very back line. You can see what we're doing with that. But it's young, but... It's the yeah, midfield it's, that needs the work because the midfield's for B grades, which is true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we had those two, like one more inside forward that's actually got a decent bit of pace on them, whether that's Dustin yeah. Martin or if we play Josh Kelly there. If we get yeah. both of them, that will make us at least top six side for next oh. year. Oh, I'm talking. If we get both of them, we have a healthy list next year. Top, top four. Yeah. Very easily. Yeah, it could happen. I mean, and if we keep hit and have that, you know, have, you know, you they're probably going like, to get one and the two in the round. Yeah, well, that's quite possibly. I mean, but think about it also. If you, if you make, if you, if you have the team as is and you bring those guys in, you can put, you know, you can put Atlee. On a wing, and you know you can either put Kelly on the other wing, which means you can put. I'll Luton put O'Hearn on the wing, actually, ahead of. Oh, yeah, and I didn't even think about O'Hearn because well, I haven't seen him play, so I don't know exactly what he's we're a pacey there. outsider that has a lot of class. He's raw, but he he's a number seven pick for a reason. But I mean, you know, you were saying we'll get that bull inside midfielder. I think we've got it. I think we've got Luke McDonald that can do that. Yeah. And getting Kelly and Martin, who... Yeah, I mean... Kelly that, that, can play that, the outside. No, Hearn can play the outside. Atley can play the outside. That actually gives him the opportunity to come in and play that utility inside role. And not to mention also, you've got your tools like... Or you've got one tool in... And this is why I rate Durden very, very highly. Who can play both ends of the ground. So if the forward setup's not working, we need to throw another tool in there. We've got enough cover in the back line with Nielsen, Tarrant, well, you'd say Thompson maybe one more year. But even then, you, you know, you can, if we can swap players around. We can we can work with new combinations. And then that's not even counting, you know, putting Zeeble down forward like Kane was suggesting. Um, yeah. Or Cunnington. Like, I, I just... The amount of opportunities that if those two signings came off, and you're never going to hear this in the mainstream media because we're obviously, you know, analysing it with a very, very fine-tooth comb. Um, yeah. And then you but, look at the next year, and we're stacked because we're going to have Academy uh, Tarrant Thomas. We're going to have Father Sons, potentially. Like, the Joel future Cop- is... Cop- yeah, like... Shit, imagine if we even managed to poach Blakey off the Swans. That sounds oh, ridiculous poaching. We, we, but, we, but, need, we need to kick up a fuss. 
I think about this some, one. We need to get some luck, actually. That that would be nice. It doesn't. Yeah. If we kick up a fuss, it doesn't matter. If he wants to play the Swans, he's going to play the Swans. But we just need, really need him to option. want. He should be. I mean, in that respect, that that, and I know a lot of people go, "Well, what's the difference? You could pick the Swans, or you could pick to go to the draft." But I think they're they not they're not misusing it because you know it's available to them. But the whole point of those academies is to get players that aren't from yeah. traditional, you know, AFL backgrounds. Hundred percent agree. I, I posted that on the main board. I was. I'm adamant with that. Like, you read the guidelines, it's all about bringing new talent that would otherwise be lost to the game. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I can understand Isaac Heaney being from Newcastle. You know, I can understand whoever it is. But what I can't understand is your players like Paul Spargo, who's, you know, in Albury of all places, which is, you know, almost AFL heartland. Um, And then you've got, yeah, you've got, like, Nick Blakey, and, you know, if you give him the option of playing with North or just going in the draft where he could end up in, you know, he could end up at Adelaide or West Coast or, or whatever thing, well, then maybe North does become a better option to him. But at the moment, you couldn't see him picking North, particularly if his dad is working at Sydney. Because... You have to know, like, you know... I'd, I'd, some players would like to break from that and sort of be yeah. their own guy, but some players, you know, all the does, all the talk is impact. that he's going to Sydney, isn't it? Like that's Correct. all the talk. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, yeah, that's and then there's Robin... debated things still. Apparently, Giant Rue said something that there might be a possibility yeah. that he won't be, but I'm not sure on that. I'll just leave the media stuff with him. I trust him with that. Rumors, not so yeah. much. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, and then there's Robert Scott's kid. Which, depending on who you ask, look, honestly, I've, I've read people adamant that he's north to the core, and then I've heard that he wants to play for Brisbane or. Uh, well, they got a pretty good young list, and he does live up there, so maybe. But, um, well, I don't know, but, it, but people have been the same level of confident on both sides, so it's not like. Well, with Blakey, it seems to be more skewed towards him. Preferring to stay in Sydney. My school of thought is they shouldn't have the rights to them, but oh yeah, well, they, they they do. And if they don't want to play for North, then stuff them. Yep. No, that's it. I mean, it's a privilege, isn't it? Exactly right. Yeah. Okay, I think we, we we've um really. Gone I think that's really. Well, we've gone off topic, but I thought it was really uh. Um, really interesting sort of analysis there, guys. So thanks for that. But we're going to move on with the naming of the winners of the Shimboda of the Week for last week and the Villain of the Week. Um, we had some outstanding uh, nominees for Shimboda of the Week with Scooby1278 and Ben Brown. But the winner by popular vote was the master of the Photoshop, Jin Dirk. Yay! Yay. <laughs> yes. You win exactly nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you win a thumbs up from us. Yeah, he's and, a superstar. And he hasn't rested on his laurels. He's done some very tidy work in the Josh Kelly thread. No, I'd suggest you have a look if you haven't already. Now, the villain of the week. Got the 
Um, we have the Collingwood supporters who decided to get back into Ben Brown for getting concussed against them in the game in round 20. Ooh. <laughs> is this play school, is it? <laughs> you create something. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm better as a critic, trust me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's easy from the cheap sheets, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. What if you come up here? <laughs> oh, uh, we've got the two guys from the Muppet Show on either side here. Oh, oh dear. what are we going to do? Oh, no. All right. So, nominees so, we need. The nominees for this week, K4. Well, villain of the week. Oh, I'll probably go with Joel Tippett. Look, it's not a serious villain of the week, just because I felt that he did say something to make Lockie react in such a way. You would have to say something pretty bad to him. So, yeah. I'll just make him villain of the week because I can't think of anyone else because we're not allowed okay. to mention a certain retiring Pyatt Hawthorne. And nope. Shimbo of the week, Cam Zerha for mine. He, that, the way he, the passion he had on the field after he kicked his first Two very good nominations. Donkey, what do you think, mate? Oh, yeah, no, they were good. Uh, mine, <laughs> the Shimbo of the week, I know it was probably put up last week, but just watching the, uh, I watched the open mic thing recently with Ron Joseph, and man, that is a shin boner right there. So I'm going to nominate him, and I just really hope he's still involved in this whole Josh Kelly trade situation because if anyone can make it happen, it'd be awesome if you could do it again. Yeah, make it happen, Ron. And uh, my villain is Todd Goldstein. Dude, you're on 700k, maybe even more. You can do better than that. I don't care what is going on. If you're injured, don't play. If you've got something going on in your private life, put it to the side while you go to work. I still have to go to work when I've got shit going on. So you are my villain. Okay. Well, for me, I'm going to give the shin boner of the week, well, my nomination anyway, to two non-traditional shin boners, but I think they could be honorary shin boners for this week. And it's Rowan Connolly and Mark Fine for their excellent piece in their Footyology podcast regarding the uh, t- uh, in 2007 where North Melbourne very were very close to moving to the Gold Coast and the media, their role in it, particularly Caroline Wilson. Um, it was a really riveting um, segment um, and it was a real good insight to how how the real world works, I suppose. Um, which, I, yeah, I, I, it was probably the best quality football-related piece that I've seen, definitely this season, but probably for a, long, a lot of seasons. Um, villain of the Week, I can't think of anyone in particular, so I'm just going to give it to Sam McClure because I just don't like the guy. <laughs> um... <laughs> We could have said Caro for the people, last decade, but that, we've kind of done no, that a few times. <laughs> yeah, no. I I want to give you something different. Um, but, yeah, no, Sam McClure, the absolute opposite of what Rowan Connolly and Mark Fine are at this moment. Yeah, and here, here on on Rocco and Finey, they're 
Yeah, that was awesome listening to that. That was really good. I got bugger all work done. Yeah. <laughs> I was too busy listening to it, but um, you know, it was it was a really good piece. If you haven't listened to it, give it a listen because it is sensational. Okie dokes. Um, moving on to the review of the game. Now, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a ho hum affair, to be perfectly honest. I think um, it was pretty obvious that Hawthorne were comfortably better to, than us. However, I did I did mention earlier I thought that had we not had lapses at certain times, we could have made a run and perhaps snatched the game. Um, I was really impressed with the efforts of uh, Zerhar and um, and Ghana, like I said earlier. It really it gave it gave us something to look at for the future from what's been a very disappointing season. So it was um, it was good to see that. It was good to see Brownie back and not showing any effects of the issues from the concussion. Um, I throw it open to the floor, guys. What do you what do you think? Yeah, well, I believe Trent Dumont probably had one of his better games for North. He's shown consistent yep. form since he was dropped, and he's showed why we should persist with him. I believe he is Swallow's replacement, although a bit more skill, probably slightly more leg speed in general. Mm-hmm. I, I really do like him. I like the way he goes about it. It was Luke McDonald. He, he showed... What a gun he is. He's just my favourite shinboner last couple of years. He's fantastic. He just takes on. He doesn't care. He just he ran straight through hard tongue and hard tongue just fell off him, which was fantastic to see. Bruce, I actually was quite impressed with some of his contested marking. That was what we mm-hmm. needed. It was actually nice to see. I thought Mullet was a bit disappointing. I, I like the guy, but I don't know. He, his decision-making leaves a little bit to be desired. He suffers a bit from the Atleys in that regard. Hovrat, he had a short stepple moment, which was disappointing. He did, didn't he? Yeah. I didn't sad. like that. <laughs> Nielsen did all right at times, but Sean Burgon did outmarking. But Sean Burgon's done that the key defenders before, so <laughs> you can't really yeah, blame that, him. Yeah, um, that, yeah, he'll learn from that. And just, but going on, sorry, I. Just want to chop you off just for a sec. You know, you were talking about Aaron Mullet having the outlees. At this point of the season, I'm all for players taking the game on and trying to do something. I'd rather that than them be, go, go into their shell and just play straight up and down the line. So yeah, I, the I, is, he I questions like, his own. Like, he makes, he keeps changing his decision. He's trying to create, yes, but he doesn't. Stick with his decision to be aggressive. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I would say, yes. Um, and you've, you've done well, I think, pointing that out because just go for it. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, he, he might learn a couple of tricks by doing that. So I think that's... I think it's not a, yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. And I do think that, you know, if, if everything happens the way we hope in terms of injuries and... Um, recruitments, yeah, he's probably one of the guys that becomes a borderline VFL-AFL player, but, you know, he, he's, he's had a reasonably good season. Look, he's, his disposal numbers are up. He's, he's not disposing the ball that badly, but sometimes he just 
creates critical turnovers. He can't he can't defend one on one that well. Now he did outmark Burgoyne, which I was pleasantly surprised by, but to start the game, but that was about it. That's the only one on one I've really seen him win. <laughs> Otherwise he's a bit of a liability. <laughs> Even against the small forwards he struggles. He just yeah. seems a bit slower actually this year. I'm not sure why. Like he straight line he tends to get beaten quite a bit by the small yeah. forwards. It's that do you think sort of maybe lost a bit? Due to injuries. I don't know. He just looks like he's running in mud sometimes. Like, I always remembered him as being quick back in that 2013-14 seasons. It could be that it's indecision as well. Do you he's put on a bit both... of size? Yeah. That... Maybe. Potentially, yeah. Has he put on a bit of size? Like, Does he look a little bit bigger? Yeah, a little bit, but I don't think that majorly affects yeah, the ability. Like, maybe a couple of kilos here or there. It doesn't affect a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit strange, that one. Anything else, Donkey, you took out? No, I just I just love it. Everybody always says they just want to knock Ben Brown for some reason. I know he's being hyped up at the moment, but they always say he's no good below his knees. He can only take the high mark and then kick a goal. Uh, there's been no mention of him gathering the low ball and then kicking the left foot snap. Absolutely. On, uh, he's actually uh, probably one of the cleaner below the yeah. legs, the people that are that tall. Um, and also, the amount of ground he covers. I mean, I oh, see the stats. Crazy. I see the stats, and he is putting up. He is putting up midfielder kind of numbers in terms of you know the distances covered and the repeat sprints and all that kind of thing. And I think that for a big boy, that is pretty impressive. Yeah, he's starting to work his defender over, which is which is awesome. And even he he kicked three goals. One like he wasn't his best game, but. He just did some things that I thought he just looked like he's realised how good he is or could be. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember that that mark he took on the forward flank at fifty there, and straight away played on and and uh, set up. Oh, I can't remember who it was for a goal. And it was a yeah. lovely bit of play. Like that was yeah. just pure yeah. class. And I, I don't know. If, he just had this. He's just playing with this little bit more confidence this year. I think. I, just... I think he, yeah. But on that, like, I think he knows his limitations and he sticks to that, and yeah. that's why he's confident in what he can and can't do. He's not going to try to, you know, bounce past, run and bounce past heaps of people if he doesn't think that he's the best person to take the shot. He'll pass it off if he doesn't think that he's going to take the mark. He'll bring it to ground, and I think. From that, he's building confidence in what he can do because he's sticking to what he knows he can do. So yeah. yes, he's got that confidence in what he like, what he can do. But at the same time, he knows what he can and can't do. He knows himself very, very well, and I think that's why he's getting the best out of himself because he knows he doesn't. He, he's not one of those players that you know that gets the cheap goal or the throw the goose out the back or anything like that. He knows what he can do. No, there's one thing he doesn't do is get a cheap goal. Jeez, the amount of times he gets held on to. Yeah. I'm talking through my ball like glasses here, but jeez. He, how's the class of Brownie to tweet out everyone uh, Everyone has a, what do you say? Umpires make split. They have a hard split. job. And, yeah. He's just I, classy. I, Even after the sling tackle, I just, I don't know. I love the bloke. To be, to be honest, I love it. I love that he did it, but I would call him bullshit. I reckon he 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 has um, behind closed doors. He's cursing her out, saying that she cost him a car. 
Oh, that, you reckon that, that wouldn't, that was not Mark of the Year, come on. <laughs> Whoa, it's a conversation. <laughs> he might have got Mark of the Week. I don't know, I didn't, didn't see too many other games, but <laughs> it was a fair old clunk. He, he missed out on a goal, but... It, I yeah. just wanted to put that in there. Not that I genuinely believe it, I just, I just like to think that there's something behind the scenes. And <laughs> Do you, you want to believe he's got a little bit of mongrel in him? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, you're right. He is probably just what, like, uh, I think I said this before um, in a previous podcast. He just is that if you wrote a, a football story and you had one guy that had to be the cult hero, that's your guy. Like, he doesn't look particularly fashionable. He's got, you know, the sideshow Bob hair, the, the sort of, gangly sort of frame yet he's not and and he's certainly you know down to earth and all that kind of stuff he's not like your you know your superstar wayne carey nick rewalt type but i think that's, that's what it is isn't it he's, he's cool with that like he's like yeah. you know what this is who i am and that's that's cool i don't need to be you know wearing me uh me dolce gabanas and or whatever yeah. Just give me the, you know, the yeah. Dunlop sixes and a pair of Oakley Crocs. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying the dude hasn't got style. Like, he's obviously, he's hair, he's doing his own thing. It's cool. But it's just, he just, he's happy being who, he's, who he is. And he's not yeah. falling into that typical AFL mould of of what yeah. an AFL player is supposed to look like and behave like. And I just, I, I love that about him. Yeah, no, and, and, I, and I'm not knocking him for looking the way he does, but I think it's just great. I think it, it, it's, it, it sort of, you know, it appeals to the to the, the regular punter, I suppose. You, you you see, I don't know, you see the guy that's not really, um, yeah, not yeah. really thinking that he's, like like your, your Gibbo story earlier, like you yes. know, he's got the me, me, me's about himself, and you go, okay, fuck off, wanker. Um, yes. Whereas, you know, Brownie's just this, you know, top bloke that you'd love to have a beer with, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. Hopefully, if, I don't know, this is why, this has always been my thing about meeting footballers. I always sort of steer clear of them because I never want to be let down. Like, yeah. does that make sense? Never, that makes never sense. Never no, 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 no. heroes. It never ends. That, yeah, that, never meet your heroes. Um, yeah, it makes me sound like a tragic, I know, but like, you you build someone up in your head and then if you meet them and they're wanky, you're like, fuck, you just wrecked it for me, you know? When I was a kid, I was a um, mad baseball fan. I still am. And there was a player, Lenny Dykstra, who played for Philadelphia. And he was, again, sort of that guy. He was not the particular, most skilled player, but he was just a hard, hard as nails guy that just got everything out of himself. And I, I, was, I adored him as a yeah. player. Like, and now it's come out that, you know, he's been put in jail, in and out of jail for um, for, uh, for fraud. He was part of the performance-enhancing drugs scene um, and even bribed um, umpires. Um, he would hire private detectives to find out dirt on the umpires so they would give him a more favourable strike zone. So, oh, yeah. wow. Don't have don't have heroes, kids, because they always let you down. <laughs> you said Ricky Ponting. Ricky no, that Ponting's should be your sign off. 
<laughs> that should be your sign off. Never look up to anyone because I'll <laughs> fucking let you down. Nah. <laughs> I suppose that we're all burnt as North Melbourne supporters, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. With like, our heroes. Well, not mine because <laughs> mine's know? Vicky Ponting, so, and he's on the North Melbourne board, so. I'm well, not bored, but number one fan, so I have to get down by him. Yeah, good but, point. But yeah, so. <laughs> now, back on topic. <laughs> is, there, is there anything else about this game that we want to talk about? It was, like I said, I think it was a pretty, it was just a pretty sort of, it's almost like they were just going through the motions, I felt. I, yeah. I'll tell you what, I am watching it. I'm counting down the weeks. Like, I mean... I'm like, I'm even going through the motions as a supporter right now. Yeah. I'm like, uh, yep, i got to go, all right, this weekend's a replacement game for North Melbourne fans or members, so I better go to that. All right, one more one more game down. <laughs> I just yeah. want to bring on the off-season and see what's going to happen because we need change and we need it quick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, field needs rebuilding big time. Yep. Completely yeah, agree. All right, then. Um, so how about we go straight into the preview? On Sunday at 3.20 Melbourne time, we take on the Saints at Docklands. Yep. Um, how do we see this playing out? Well, looking at how St Kilda got torn apart, it's actually interesting that Jason Dunstall brought up why Melbourne were belting St Kilda. And what they said was St Kilda liked to switch the play quite a lot with chip kicking, etc., and then move quickly down the other side of the wing. And what Melbourne did was they just flooded the corridor. And it oh, St Kilda oh. just had to bomb it. And they don't have their contested marking to, to counter that. So, and they got belted on the rebound. And that's how we're going to have to beat them. We're going to have to clog the corridor and work hard defensively. Shut down yeah, the, their outages and play a contested game of football. And that was struggle. Yeah, I... I remember seeing uh, um, St Kilda when they played Adelaide. I haven't seen St Kilda much this season, but exactly the same thing. They they, they set up and they, they try to hurt you on the rebound. So, but at the same time, the way they were doing it then, they were basically rolling the dice and giving the opportunity. If a you know if an interception came, they'd be they'd be hit the opposite way very, very quickly. And particularly on a fast deck like Eddie had, it can look really good when it's coming off, but it can lead to a world of hurt if it's not. So I think we've got to be mindful of that's how they play. So we've obviously got to look after the ball reasonably well, but know that if we if we can run both ways and do it in a smart manner, I think we can we can cause a lot of damage on these guys. Yeah. Well, so I'm I'm just looking at the sides, and to be honest, I don't know. We yeah, we're gonna ha- yeah, we don't really have the run, do we? But then you look at it and you think, well, do we have the contested ball to just lock it in and play that full on grunt style for a full game? I think if we tried that way, that would just blow us apart. So. No. If we turn well, into mean, a if we turn into a shootout, I reckon we'd win. Mm, if we yeah. if our skills were good enough, because yeah. 
Like, look I'd at be, their, um, their top I'd scorers. I'd be bringing in Josh Williams this week and Jed Anderson for that exact reason, to get a bit more mobility in the side. I'll put, yeah, I'll put Jed Anderson in the forward line and tell him to do a job on one of their halfbacks like Jay and Geary. I'll tell him just to yep. stay right next to him. Every time he gets the ball, tackle him. Don't go away This would be a him. perfect game for Mason Wood because you'd oh, be almost yeah. the same with Mason Wood on Dylan Robertson. And that, that, it, yeah. that just dries them up big time at the moment. They seem to be going through him a lot. I, I would send Taylor Garner to Robertson and go, do a job. Because like, that's what we did to Adelaide. We sent guys to Brodie Smith. Or do we do Kane? Or do we use Kane? Because the one thing about Garner, I don't like him being that defensive half forward because I think we're, that, that robs him of, of his yeah. mark. That, that Whereas is true. Kane, yeah. um, Kane Turner could possibly, you know, make it very, very tough for him. And yeah. he might be can. too small for, for Robertson. I You might have an issue, but if he runs him around the ground and then sticks to him and make sure he doesn't get any easy ball, and then it might just be enough. Yeah, because last week, uh, defensive pressure wasn't up. Whether that's just Kane Turner being out of a bit of time and Zerhar not quite ready, yeah. etc. Well, you would think that there would have to be a match fitness issue there. Yeah, or I'd just say... I wonder... Sorry, mate. No, no, I was just going to... I was just spitballing, basically, because it got mentioned a few times... In Jensen's thread about him playing potentially as a back pocket. Yeah, I've heard that. We've trialed yeah. that with young Wagner as well because Wagner's and, a bit undersized for the midfield. And Clark too. They've been doing that. So, but yeah, I'm, I should, probably shouldn't have brought it up because it's not going to happen. So no, but <laughs> it's, it's an interesting point you raise with Clark. So I don't think Clark's actually suited to it. Yeah, he's getting plenty of the ball. He's using it. All That's right. yeah. Get get him in the middle. Get some scrubs. run. He struggles one on one. He just doesn't. He's not built for that. He's a winger. He's a link yeah, up winger yeah. type player. He's not. So it'll be interesting how we. Have to I just remembered the last time. We... Oh, sorry, man. Nah, saying... you go, man. I'll keep talking over you. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. I was just saying it'll be interesting how our clearance team set up after Hawthorne kind of exposed us a bit again, and Collingwood exposed I mean... us. I thought our clearance work largely wasn't too bad. Our set, well, particularly our centre clearance work. Um, I think we had issues around the ball, around the ground, where they did manage to get that dump out handball to one of their guys, and I think that's something we do need to look at. Um, so I think it's just a, it's a case of a little tweak here and there, as opposed to um, as opposed to say. Um, a, a big, big problem. I mean, in no, terms no, no. of clearances, we actually outdid them. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Because what we did was, and what I noticed was, I saw Garner in there at times. I saw McDonald occasionally in there. Guys, that's what we need to be doing. That's what we, we need to be do doing right enough, now. And that's why Nowhere yeah, near enough. Yeah, and that's why we get a bit crappy with the coaches because they don't do it enough. But, oh, then maybe it's because they don't have enough body size. Maybe it, they don't feel confident that they can read the taps well. And small stuff, that's a, I'm not sure. Well, I know it's very complicated. See, it is funny because the clearances, in terms of a centre clearance situation, um, on the weekend, we actually smacked Hawthorne. It was 23 clearances to nine in terms of centre clearances. 
Yeah, but the quality of clearances was the other thing. As well, well, yeah, like, okay, that, 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 that's something. But but, but their goal got is belted to then... on the stoppages around the ground, 21 to 14. And that, again, is that shutting down that dump-out punch or handball or, or whatever whatever goes on to that yeah. guy waiting. Because we've got a lot of players that seem to want to go for the ball, leaving players open. Um, and it's okay when it's a controlled environment like a centre square because, you know, your players have to start outside the, the square. But when it's a congested stoppage around the ground where there's no restrictions on how many people can be around the ball up, yeah. it's quite clear what we're doing is we're going for the ball to a man. And I know. How crazy is that? They've it's... got the smarts to stick back, get that dump handball out. And, yeah, and then set up their play. So I think, you know, I mean, a rudimentary glance at the stats probably backs up the point, but it sticks out pretty much even just watching it naturally. Well, it was interesting watching it, even with the centre clearances. The commentators pointed out that our half-forwards were on the wing trying to stop their spread, which, yeah, yeah, it worked for us for that. But the thing is, that meant... They had two or three general small to medium defenders intercepting it every single time. And, I mean, I know it wasn't this game, but I know in the past a lot of people have gone, you know, oh, Zeeble just hat kicks forward. I don't think he has many other options. No, because he doesn't have that leg speed on the outside to do it. That's why we need guys like O'Hearn, Kelly, Martin. There's a reason why we're forking a lot of money out for these guys. We need it. Yeah. Before Zeebel started getting getting injured this year, early on, he was starting to break out of contests. Like he yeah. was starting to, to reel around. Sure, and I actually see um, Luke McDonald doing similar. Oh things. yeah, yeah, and that's where He's I'm even better. He will end up on the ball, which I think they can't tackle him. They can't like they grab him even by the hips, and he just yeah. bursts through. He must be that strong. Yeah, I've got a bit of a man crush on Lukey, I must admit. To me, like, I mean, I know on a match-by-match basis there's been lots of contributors, but to me, he's been the player of the year so far for us. Yeah. Imagine if he goes again. Go keep, keeps getting better. Fuck. He could be anything, that kid. And with more quality around him, that's potentially what, what may happen. <laughs> yeah. Far out. But I just and also last time we played St Kilda was outside of the Collingwood North Melbourne game was probably the worst game of the year. Yep. So Yep, they saved it for when flew down. Be interesting to see how St Kilda go this week because they basically screwed their season last week and they might have a bit of mental drop off. And yeah. uh, our guys you know, I think we're going to finish third last, whether we win or lose. To be honest, yeah, I can't I mean, see us winning the, the spoon. Counts. I mean, if we beat Brisbane, and Brisbane I, have been up on I think, teams that have been. Off I don't. Place. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I actually think we're more chance to beat St Kilda than we are beating Brisbane because yeah, we've I, never, I, never played well in the in at the Gabba. Yeah, and yeah, like. And you never know what's going to happen on that last, like, they could rock up basically wanting to go to the beach. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> see that because you know they're just like it's been a really hard season for the club, and I think you know you wouldn't want to see it, but you could completely understand it that they you know turn up thinking oh just get through this last game. And then we'll yeah, get, but we've yeah, seen that before go. with this group in terms of. Like the 2013 game against Collingwood with that shootout in round yeah, 23. No, look, I mean, like I said, I don't think that they're going to go into it with a with a a poor mindset. But at the same time, I think subconsciously there will yeah. be there will be that um, resignation. You know, the season's over, and you just can't manufacture you know a meaningful game. Like, you yeah. can't manufacture that level of motivation. And that's what I'm hoping St Kilda will have this week. Yeah. Because yeah. ours is like, it. Yeah. Yes. It's either that or they might want to have a bit of a spite by the fact that they got beaten by Melbourne last week and they might want to show everyone that they can still play. Yeah. But uh, who knows? Honestly, I just can't wait till it's all over and bring on the uh, trade oh, Eon. Oh. I just want trading on over. So, <laughs> so like, I it's need getting... the season to be over first, obviously. <laughs> That's it. Fair enough. I'm, so, I'm sick of having to click on those stupid threads that I just. That we clicking. always do, don't we? I know we do. But thank things. God, Jin Dark's in there. Is it Jin Dark? Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Um, uh, I don't know. We might need him on the show. We need him on the show to, to set us straight. Yeah. <laughs> it always gives a few good laughs. He might get the odd troll as well, which is you know, provides a little light entertainment, but that's about <laughs> it, really. But even, the, even I think even the trolls come on now and the guys, a lot of the guys on the board, I know, like, if they, this was this time last year and it was whatever trade targets were around or, or whatever the case may be, um, they would have gone really hard on him, but this year they sort of do it, and they sort of throw in a couple of uh, "you're a troll," blah blah blah. But there's no real, no one's really stuck the boots in and really sort of had a crack at him. Nah, have a look at it, the changes thread. It's on page two. <laughs> page two. This yeah. time last year, that would be like page, I don't know, twelve by now. Yeah, I guess so. Yep, it's right. just it's just been a long season. Right, we'll move on to carriages then. I think we're kind of dying out a bit this late at night. <laughs> yeah. All right. So who have we got? Oh, jeez. I'm not even sure if Shane Savage should count. Luke Dunstan's the obvious for mine because he's actually run into some form. Okay. But he's actually a C grade crab. <laughs> Donkey, can I have some Mavuela? You certainly can. I'll give I'll give you him Burley because he's had he's been okay, but he's had a shit year. So if he's picked, yeah, yeah. Only because I'm starting to hear rumblings of discontent from St Kilda fans. Jade Gresham. Ah, oh, Gresham. Yes, that's, a good, that's a good one. Yeah, there's been a few things going his yeah. way from the Saints' point of view. Yeah, apparently he's uh, one of the main culprits of poor conversion, I believe. Oh, yeah, right. He'll kick six straight. Goal of the year or something. He can <laughs> play. 
Anyway. <laughs> Alrighty, so what do we think? Um, what are we going to tip for the um, Victor and Margin? North, three goals. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not, the brain is saying the Saints, but I'll go North by five points. Okay. I'm going to continue to pick this until it comes off. North by a point. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I think that's it. Um, is there anything to close with, boys? Anything in particular? Uh, no. No. Uh, Andrew Dimitri is a mug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose, um, you know, people who can play footy, oh, I won't say that. That's really me. Oh, I'm not going to unplug bash. Right. So, <laughs> uh, my, my thought for the week is don't have heroes, kids, because I'll always let you down. <laughs> I might tell my two girls that. For the episode. Um, thanks for listening, and I hope your team wins this weekend. Goodbye. We all go for the same team, so I hope so.